5: All right, let's get to last night. Uh, you look at the final score, and the Pats did cover. They also hit the over. 34, 35-14 was the final score. Kind of a ho-hum game. It was a block kick. There's pick six. There were fumbles. It wasn't that well played. The offense wasn't awesome. Rob Gronkowski was in the pregame show. Now, all of a sudden, people are hoping and praying Rob Gronkowski comes out of retirement. A lot to get to. First, here is here is Tom Brady himself on their offensive issues. What's your assessment of where you guys are as an offense right now? Do you think it's been good enough? Uh
7: we'll see. We're 6 and 0, so try to get to 7 0.
5: Yeah, I mean that's the hey, we're 6 and 0, just try to get to 7 and 0. They do have a massive amount of injuries. They they've had to replace their center, they're dealing with the backup offensive lineman. We know about the injuries to Edelman. They had Antonio Brown for a minute. They have other issues going on there. And to Brady's point, they are six and zero, and they're in arguably the worst division in football. At least the bottom two teams are, in fact, putrid. So, with that in mind, you know, the, and the the only time they'll play the Bills again will be at home, where they'll be prohibitive favorites. They survived the Bills when they went to upstate New York, but but here's the here's the thing that I find interesting. You ever heard how life comes full circle? Like when, we, when we're born, we have to have somebody care for us. We wear diapers. People have to care for even our bodily functions. Right? When we get old, we have to have people care for us. We have to have people take care of our bodily functions. Life does, in fact, come full circle. Right? When you're a baby, you have to eat food that you don't, you know, it's baby food. When you're older... Sometimes you have to have people feed you the same food because, you know, your teeth may be gone, your ability to chew. Death can be something. I, I went to Temple that a death is a destination. The journey, or at least the descent into death, not always pretty. Life does come full circle, doesn't it? Football life sometimes does as well. And maybe this is the most impressive part about Tom Brady. Maybe this is the secret to the, the secret sauce. Like, like, everybody always wants to know what the secret sauce is. Isn't it usually Thousand Island? Right? And then there's the difference, Thousand Island and Russian dressing. Like, Russian dressing is ketchup. Thousand Island is mayonnaise. Did I give away secrets? The point is, everybody always wants to know the secret sauce. The secret sauce is that Tom Brady understands the circle of life. He didn't have to watch the Lion King to know that we eat the gazelles. And then when we die, we become the ground which fertilizes the grass, which the gazelles eat, which the next generation eats the gazelles, right? The circle of life. That's what happens in the NFL. And that's what's happened with the Patriots. We don't have to freak out about their offense. We don't have to freak out about Tom Brady not throwing the ball the same as he used to. They got it. They know it. That's why they built a substantial running game. That's why they want him to get rid of the football quickly. That's why they rebuilt this defense. They knew they couldn't have it patched together like it had been two years ago. And slowly but surely, they have the most dynamic defense and special teams that they have had in years. And and that's really the cycle. By the way, that was Peyton Manning when he was with the Colts and throughout his career. When he got to the Colts, when they first started winning... And they had Tony Dungy as their coach. They had a ferocious Tampa 2 defense. And then slowly but surely, he was built around everything he could do offensively. And that continued when he went to Denver, but when he won his last Super Bowl, it was solely based upon the defense, not about having Peyton Manning, which is where we are with Tom, Tom Brady. He's not there yet. He's not to where he can't throw the forward pass. But they built a run game. They've rebuilt their offense. They've changed this team. Because football life, if done right, is in fact a cycle. You do go from being a backup to being a starter to being a star to being a starter to being a backup. That's how it works. And for Brady, you go from people forget when he first got to the Patriots as their starting quarterback, which happened, what was it, 19 years ago, like two weeks ago? Right? Do you guys remember the moment? I remember the moment because it was the first time I'd ever done a national radio broadcast. This is a true story. September 11th, there were no games the next weekend. The following weekend, they had games, and I filled in for a guy named Todd Wright. This did a show called Todd Wright All Night Up in Bristol. I went to the Oklahoma-Kansas State football game. Then I got on a plane, and I flew through Cincinnati, and I went to Bristol, Connecticut, and I had a show on Sunday night and on Monday night. And on Sunday, I went to a bar called Sliders in Bristol, Connecticut, and I sat there and I watched Tom Brady, uh, excuse me, uh, Drew Bledsoe get knocked out of the game by Mo Lewis. Bledsoe was running out of bounds, I think, in front of the Patriots bench. But before he could get out of bounds, Mo Lewis clocked him and hit him so hard that 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 I mean, it, it would have detached his mom's lung. That's how hard he hit him. Brady came in, but people forget that the early years of Tom Brady, the team was built around special teams, defense, getting rid of the ball quickly. Don't worry about it. We're not going to have him. he's just He's not going to lose it for us. And then slowly but surely, he evolved into being a star starting quarterback. And when he got Randy Moss, they had the best offense we had ever seen in the history of the sport. And then as he's aged and as he's progressed and as the game has changed, Last year they worked their way to being a power running game. Even Rob Gronkowski's life came full circle as a as a tight end. Because he couldn't outrun people, he showed his versatility as a blocker, not just your traditional pass catching tight end. So I look at this Patriots team and instead of being concerned with the offense, I look in awe at Brady's lack of ego, understanding where he is, understanding how this team is built, and I marvel at the Patriots understanding the kind of circle of life that he's going through and how to win more championships. Tom Brady's first four seasons in the NFL, he had a 61% completion percentage. He averaged 6.9 yards per attempt. He threw for only 220 yards per game. He had a 1.8 touchdown to interception ratio. The next 13 seasons, the meat of the superstar, three MVPs, 64% completion percentage, 7.7 yards per attempt, 276 yards per game, 3.6 TDs to interceptions. But the last two seasons where he's been in his 40s, the completion percentage is still high, 7.0 yards, 7.6 yards per attempt, 277 yards per game. The difference is this, okay, and 2.8 uh, TDs to interceptions. The rest of the league's numbers have exploded in the past game. And Tom Brady's have stayed relatively the same, which is really a decline because you have more snaps, because you have more opportunities, because people throw the ball more. In other words, what the Patriots are doing is what they did originally. The only difference is now you have a super experienced quarterback who once or twice a year can have the juice in the tank, as well as the ridiculous football IQ from playing so long and being so successful to win a game on his own. The circle of life is you start out in diapers and people feeding you in a spoon, and you end up in diapers and people feeding you in a spoon. The circle of football life is you start out as a facilitator, letting everybody else's talents come out. You grow into the role of a starter and a star. And if you want to stick in the league, as your talents wane, you find a way to once again let others' talents come out and play to the best of your ability to allow your team to win. That's the Patriots. That's Brady. That's what they get and others are trying to figure out. Stop asking about the offense. It goes perfectly in line with where they thought and what they thought they would be.
6: Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific.
4: The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe.
0: Mexico will likely have its first female president.
4: And then you have China.
3: on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast.
5: Let's get you to John Minokoff, former NFL Scout, host of the Three and Out Podcast, crazy successful. They've had over a million downloads of that podcast. So it's called Three and Out. If you haven't heard it, you don't download it, then that that's you're just missing out on, on easily obtainable free football information that uh, I guarantee you will like. minokoff congrats on hitting the million. Uh, The million download, Mark. Let let me ask you about last night. Patriots offense, not great. uh, But considering the injuries, short week, just surviving is, is in fact, a win. How concerned should the Pats be long term?
6: Yeah, I don't think they should be concerned at all. I mean, when you think about it, Doug, you got Tom Brady, Josh McDaniels. They're going to figure that out. They've also, you know, they drafted a first round wide receiver. He's been on injured reserve. He's going to come back. Edelman had a big night last night, but he'd been banged up with that rib injury or whatever going on. They're playing some young guys. They're going to, I was a big Sony Michelle guy when he came out of Georgia. He's clearly struggling. They got to figure out how to use him. But if you take a team into the playoffs led by Tom Brady and they have a top-notch defense, I don't know, statistically, whatever, they're the best defense in the league. You know, I don't know if they have the best personnel, but they clearly are a top five just as a unit, as good as it gets, who's beating them in the playoffs? You know, I, I just, I, I think it will be very tough, especially if they get home field advantage. Their schedule's a joke. You know, the Chiefs now more than likely are probably going to, you know, 13-3 and three or something. The Patriots are going to go 14-2. and two. They're going to lose a game at Foxborough. It's just, it's just really hard to see. I, I think the offense you know for their standards may never be quote unquote fine but will be good enough to uh take care of uh, you know business come January here's
5: what i said i said it's life coming full circle right when when they started this thing 19 years ago brady was facilitating and the strength of the team was the special teams and the defense and and they had just enough offensively to get by it feels like that's kind of what they've rebuilt here that defense is special the special teams are good obviously they've had to replace their kicker uh and the, and the offense uh, is, is just good enough to get by, and then, of course, you have a savant where maybe his brain can win you, some, win you a game or two.
6: Yeah, I, I look at it like, and I talked about in on the podcast today, like a diversified portfolio. You know, the one thing the Chiefs have is, you know, they, they haven't played as well last week, but they have just this elite offense. But their defense lets them down. Forever, the Patriots were just kind of much more offensive heavy when they had Gronk and they had Edelman and they had all these guys, and their defense was kind of a question mark. And now that's kind of come around where Brady can still make plays, Edelman can make plays. They can scheme guys open. They've been notorious, right, for running these crazy trick plays in big spots to get them points when they need be. And now their special teams. Well, I mean, their kickers out. We'll we'll see how that plays out. But you know they're going to be well coached on special teams. To me, they're just they're a very very well balanced team right now and. That, that, to me, when you have Belichick leading and Brady leading the charge, is a good thing.
5: Doug Gottlieb, show here on Fox Sports Radio. That's the voice of John Middlecoff. I predicted before the season would begin, began that Christian McCaffrey would be the best back in the league. Am I wrong?
6: Uh, no. Uh, he's been – I actually just watched some of that game back this morning. I didn't get to see a lot of it last Sunday. He was incredible. I mean, he is, he is an incredible player. He, he really is. Uh, I, I thought he was going to be a dominant pass receiver. That's why I thought, like, you know, you draft him that high, he's going to be turn into be like more of a Julian Edelman type. But he's such a good running back. He's so strong between the tackles. He's so fast. And you know something that stood out to me, Doug, is there was a picture after that game Leonard Fournette took, and he, he posted on Twitter. And Leonard Fournette, right, when he came out, was known as one of those old-school guys that would have thrived in, like, the 70s and the 80s. He was huge. McCaffrey's standing right next to him maybe Fournette has them by an inch, but just in terms of their arms and their thickness, they, they look the, like the same human being. I think that's the most underrated part of McCaffrey. Yeah. He, that's, he, that's,
5: he put on 25 pounds of good weight. And yeah, and he, Fournette, Fournette does not look physically dominant like he used to.
6: No. I, McCaffrey is, you know, on a fast train to the Hall of Fame. Let's call it what it is. He, he maintains this. He's, He's as well-rounded. Of him, Kamara's pretty damn good too. I'd say those two guys right now are the cream of the crop. And McCaffrey, I guess he's battling an injury this week, but those guys in this modern-day NFL, where they throw you the ball a lot too, they're just they're the ultimate player.
5: Yeah, that's it's 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 crazy. That's John Middlecoff joining us on the Doug Gottlieb show. All right, uh, I mentioned moments ago, only only thing more predictable than the Browns' dysfunction is James Bond ends up with the girl at the end of the movie, right? Um, yeah. but now you got Jarvis Landry coming out saying, Hey, I don't call plays, but if I did, I would get 13 the ball. Uh, he was asked about third, third and long plays, like throw it to 13 or throw it to 80. Uh, so we're, we're starting to see what we all wondered if we would see what we would see. Right. Yeah. I mean,
6: I, I was at the game on Monday night. They were force feeding 13, the ball. They were giving it to him on end around. They were having him throw the ball. They were trying to feed him on screens. I actually was thinking in the stands, like, are they, are they trying too hard to get Odell Beckham the ball? But like you say, the bigger picture, the, the personalities on this team are not equipped to handle a little adversity. The seas are getting a little rocky, and you're going to start seeing people either jump off the ship, try to throw the captain over the ship. This is not the, – the, imagine being two and three if you're the Browns. You had playoff expectations, which was nuts. You know, it was, it was over the top. But now it's pretty clear the division kind of sucks. Steelers are playing who knows who at quarterback. Never even heard of the guy. The Seriously,
5: never off, heard not, like never heard of him.
6: Never heard of him. I mean, I follow this stuff for a living. I've never heard of him. I bet if I text guys in the league, they wouldn't really have a great feel for the guy. But that's that's the nature, right, of having a four-string quarterback. Like this guy was brought originally to be a quote-unquote camp arm. You know, I mean, really, he wasn't supposed to make it probably out of OTAs, let alone training camp. And I mean, it's taken multiple injuries, right, for this guy to get there. But that's that. that I got news for you for the Cleveland Browns. Like that's a good thing. Like the, these, the cards are starting to be, you know, go fall in your favor. So, but here's the problem: you play Seattle and then you play New England. It's not out of the realm of possibility in the, in seven days or I guess ten days from now. The Browns are two and five because they're two and three right now. They play Seattle at home. Seattle's – Pretty darn good last time I checked. And then clearly New England's pretty good. And they're going to be coming off, what, a, a Thursday game? So extra time. I'd, I'd say that's advantage Belichick. See, Cleveland better win this weekend or, or they are in massive trouble.
5: By the way, Delvin Hodges threw for 4,000 yards twice, 3,983 yards. Another. Granted, at the 1AA level. Uh But uh he... What's uh, cool? Samford. Okay,
6: so I get, you know, it's a big, you get, big, I mean, he, st- he started, Stanford. he started
5: four, he started, you know, I mean, three time first team all SOCON, three time SOCON Offensive Player of the Year.
6: And a four, he winning those awards. you th- ever thought, think he thought starting quarterback Pittsburgh Steelers?
5: No, not only starting quarterback, like starting quarterback, like we're like week six. It's not like week eight, 17, 18, right?
6: You you could argue this start for him is the biggest moment in the history of Sanford football, right?
5: I'd have to. I don't know enough about Sanford football. I do know basketball it, wise that kind of ironically, the starting point guard at Louisville last year and the starting point guard at Arizona last year were both former starters at Sanford.
6: It definitely feels like more often than not in basketball, the smaller school guys kind of thrive, especially at power five schools, than these D one double A quarterbacks or even players go on to have a lot of success in the NFL just because the power five and even the you know the Fresno States and the Boise States of the world right. seem to produce more of the NFL guys than the smaller schools.
5: Jimbo Fisher and Bobby Bowden, both alums, and Cortland Finnegan, wow, all, all alums bad. of uh, of Samford. So, wow,
6: it's a feeder school for Florida State.
5: Yeah, yeah. Cortland Finnegan, Jimbo Fisher, Bobby Bowden, um, couple couple others, but but nobody of of serious serious note. John, when
6: did Bobby graduate? About 1938.
5: Oh man. You mean Foghorn Leghorn? I'll tell you, I'll tell you, i would I tell, I, I, I tell you. Well, uh, he was born in 1929, so I'm guessing it was in, like, 51. He probably graduated, right? 51? Oh, no. Didn't, he,
6: didn't Bobby have that great stat? Now, hold on. State now, hold,
5: was... hold on. This is weird. It says Bobby Bowden is listed as going to Alabama and then transferring to Howard in Alabama. Doesn't say anything about Sanford. Sanford claims him. Oh, Small Howard. Group, well, think. Howard College. It used to be known as Howard College.
6: Gotcha. That's good knowledge.
5: I did. I, I did not. I did not know that weird, wacky, wild stuff in Homewood, Alabama. Homewood, Alabama. All right. Speaking of the Niners, um, they for real?
6: Uh, when they're healthy, for sure. I mean, their defense is top notch. Kyle's as good as it gets as a play caller. Uh, I think it's going to be somewhat hard to judge them this game. They lost another tackle. Joe Staley, Mike McGlinchey, their starting guy, Doug, from the AAF is their starting right tackle. And the Rams. But did he go to Sanford?
5: Loss. But did he go to Sanford?
6: Wouldn't shock me if he did. Yep. You know, This guy, or I mean, the Rams, you, you can't afford to have three losses. They lost three games all last season. You, you have three losses by mid October. When the 49ers would be five and zero, and Seattle potentially if they win this game, you'd be in trouble to just make the playoffs, let alone compete for the division. So this game being in L.A., the Niners are playing with a little house money, given that they start the season at four and zero, and their schedule. They got the Redskins next week, and then they got you know the Panthers, who actually might be decent, but they're still that's Kyle Allen. This is a different animal. I you know I, I think the Niners are for real, and I expect them to lose this game. Really? Huh. Yeah, just because. They lost. They lead the league in rushing right now, and they handled losing Staley okay. But you lose McGlinchy, who is you know one of the better young offensive linemen in the league, mm-hmm. and you lose Kyle Uzcheck, which for most teams the now, I think that's no a
5: huge. Team. But but they use him in the pass game. They line him up. I mean, I He's, thought I thought they did a good job on Monday night of showing all the different ways they use him.
6: And with Uzcheck and Kittle, their running game so dominant because they basically have seven offensive linemen. Those two guys just. Destroy people in the run game, and Kittle. Now they're going to ask him to like help both offensive tackles and carry their passing game. And I'm sure they line him up a little in the backfield. Like you can only use him so many different ways. Uh, it's and again, to me, it's more about the Rams' desperation. You fall three and three and get you'd already have multiple losses. One would be Seattle and one would be the Niners. You would basically kiss the division goodbye, and you would just be talking about you know, competing for the wild card. I, I, I just think their desperation, their team, you know, I, I get they missed the field goal. And we talked about it last week. They, they were a missed kick away from uh, the conversation being completely different. Their offense, while Gurley's a shell of himself, Gerald Everett kind of coming into the fold. He was, if I was looking at I'd forgotten. He was a second round pick. Yeah. You know I mean? This guy was pretty highly touted. Little guy. hands. Cooper,
5: really little hands.
6: Cooper Cooper Cup's on pace for like 150 catches. Robert Woods a good player. Their passing game still really good. So mm-hmm. if the Niners struggle to run the ball a little bit, which would kind of be expected with all these injuries, I, I think that they'll just be able to outscore them.
5: The Vikings figure something out.
6: Well, I mean they're playing the Giants. I you know this will be a test game in Minnesota. The Eagles' corners stink. If Kirk Cousins can't throw it on these guys, we got a problem. I like the Eagles in this game just because I'm kind of picking culture and just their talent, and I'm betting against Cousins. But if, if you're a Vikings fan, you should be like, "Listen, we're playing at home. We." I saw Zach Brown of the Eagles just kind of said like, "Cousins is not that we don't know this, but you just don't usually hear players say this. Like Cousins is a weak link. They got stud receivers. Their run game is dominant. Uh, it's it's him. And I mean, we all we talk about it all the time, but." The Vikings, you're paying this guy all this money. If you can't hit passes against this team, given that they struggle to cover people, you, you, we might just be talking about the most talented team now. Be two straight years of say goodbye to the playoffs.
5: Yeah, it's 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 really fascinating to see how much he limits them, and we'll see if it's if it's play calling. If they they if they figured something out, obviously against a depleted um, a depleted. Giants team last week what about the Cowboys and their struggles look you don't have your tackles you're going against a good defense but do you think how much of it do you think is play calling how much do you think is Dak
6: well I I think Kellen Moore anytime you're a first-time coordinator and you're a really really young guy it's one thing if you're a first-time coordinator but you've been a coach for 15 years this guy despite and I'm a big Kellen Moore fan I've been when I was a GA at Fresno State, I, he's one of the best college players I've ever seen. He's clearly come from the background. But there is an experience level, and Jason Garrett, you know, despite being an offensive guy, I don't think he brings that much to the table when it comes to dynamic scheming. So he faced the last two weeks, Mike Petton and Dennis Allen, the two higher-level defensive coordinators that have pretty loaded rosters. This is a different animal. The Jets stink, and I, I think it's uh, – Everyone's acting like Sam Darnold's going to come back and just hit the ground running. He's been sick for a while. He hasn't played now in a month and a half. I, I think it's, a, it's going to be pretty difficult for them just to come back. The Cowboys, who I, I thought coming into the season, and I thought this two weeks ago before they started getting their butt kicked, had a chance to win the NFC. And their roster, even with the injuries, should still run circles around the Jets. If they struggle with the Jets this weekend – it might be time to throw kind of a red flag and be like, well, actually, the cowboys aren't quite as good as we think. And if they beat them, we'll just say they beat up a bad team. But to me it will be a good sign that they kind of got their mojo back.
5: Did you, did you hear what Callahan said when he took over with the Redskins? He said that Dwayne Haskins is not a candidate to be the starting quarterback, Not a candidate. Now, I don't know, and you're when you're the interim guy, usually you try and do everything the owner wants, like start the young yeah. guy. What is it what what are you hearing about Dwayne Haskins? Uh, in terms of his long-term future and viability?
6: One thing that I had heard is the coaching staff and the people in the building just thought that he kind of came in a little big-headed in terms of just this is my building, I own it, I'm a first-rounder, I'm from Ohio State, you guys are just hand me the rock. And clearly, Jay Jay didn't want him in the first place. So did Bill Callahan, you know, if you go back and look at Bill Callahan's resume, I don't know if that's really what he's into. Now, like you said, you would think – when they named bill callahan the interim he would acquiesce to what management wanted but who, what were their other what were they going to do name jim tom Sula the coach like he was the only real, real candidate rob Ryan? like what what were their options i also think that this guy is just not re, he's just not very good you know in terms of the transition from college to the pro clearly they think it's true, he's at a grand can and gap of just understanding the offense of knowing what's going on their team is not very good so you're putting this guy in a position where he's going to fail. I don't think it's that nuts because now we have multiple voices saying the same thing. So if it was one guy, he's like, "Well, Jay Gruden hated him. He didn't want to draft him." Now it's the other guy that's saying the. You could argue he's even saying it's worse. Like, yeah, he's not. We don't want him. We want him no part of the starting quarterback. But I actually kind of like the Dolphins this weekend. I would love, and I mean love, to see the Dolphins win this game. I would too. I think uh, they're good.
5: I think they're going to win the game. I, 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 those, I, I Those guys play hard. They do. They actually I, play hard.
6: I don't know where you stand on this, but I saw a quote from Rosen that he's like, he understands that this year is a tryout year because they're just going to draft a quarterback. You know, whatever you think about Josh at UCLA and just his personality or whatever, he's had a kind of a crazy first two years. No you know, question. For top
5: 10 no, 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 I mean, like, he had, for people who don't remember, he had a different coordinator every year at UCLA. Okay. Yep. He got hurt every year at UCLA because they had a terrible offensive line. And then he gets drafted by the Cardinals. They have a terrible offensive line. Byron uh the first offensive coordinator lasts what half the year?
6: Not even. Not- I think it was like seven games, five games. Right. You know,
5: then they promote quick. Byron Left, which had would never been a coordinator before. Both of, both the two coordinators were had never been coordinators before. No offensive line at all. Then he, then they tell him, "Hey, you're our guy. You're our guy. You're our guy." Goes Good. through goes through OTAs. Then they draft Kyler Murray. They don't trade him on draft day, so he's got to like show up at work when Kyler Murray's there. It's like super awkward. Then he goes to the Dolphins, who are trying to be bad. I mean, yeah, that's a tough go. It,
6: it, it might be an it might be an all timer like first year and a half for a first round pick in the NFL for a quarterback. I, I don't know. if. Because like you said, he's he's on three coordinators for a year and a half. and He's been on multiple teams. It's I think that I I think the stat was that the the Arizona Cardinals were the first team to draft first round quarterbacks in back to back years since like the Denver Broncos in like '83 and '84, like when they missed on some guy and then they took Elway. So it's just it, it's 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 basically an unprecedented situation besides like twice in league history of the you know past like 1970. So. And then, like you said, they they trade one of his receivers immediately. They trade the left tackle, and the team is actively trying to lose. You know, so I'm rooting for him. I I hope he throws some touchdowns and they and they win this game because I also think that the Redskins like they they deserve everything they have coming. It's it's that big of an embarrassment that they got going on. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at FoxSportsRadio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. The Big Take
4: from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe.
0: Mexico will likely have its first female president.
4: And then you have China.
0: And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters.
4: He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on...
3: I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith show podcast on the iHeartRadio radio app,
5: Apple podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm going to declare the New York giants victorious. No, they, they, they did not win last night. Matter of fact, they lost last night and they didn't look very good last night for the Patriots. Any win on a Thursday night is big, right? Any win on a Thursday Thursday night, you got to feel good about. Short week, you're not healthy. Get in, get out, get your win, get on your way. For the Giants, there are moments when Daniel Jones looked like a competent quarterback. There are moments when he looked like a rookie quarterback. Look, I, I think the Patriots have some Tom Brady issues. I don't think he's... Uh, nor is anybody, nearly the same guy this year as he was last year, or as he was the previous year, I still think he's going to be good enough because of his football IQ, because of the team they built around him, and the team really is built around defense, running the football, special teams, and Brady can deliver occasionally like he did last year in the playoffs. But the Giants, who didn't have their starting running back, didn't have two of their top three uh, wide receivers, didn't have their starting tight end, what would you expect to happen? Right, what what did you what did you expect to happen? But even though he had three interceptions last night, Daniel Jones still looks like a guy who is going to be quarterback for the New York Giants for a good amount of time. And and we can go back and fight the battles of the draft, or of maybe the previous year. Like why did not you take Sam Darnold the previous year? Then the Jets wouldn't have him. And he's better than Daniel Jones. Frankly, I think he's better than anybody else who's been selected the past two years. That's why he was number one on everybody's board and you had a chance to take him. He took Saquon Barkley, who's a great player, but he's a running back, much more replaceable than a quarterback. Right? But if I look at the New York Giants and you remember what this year's draft was about. This year's draft... People went crazy when they took Jano Jones because no one thought he should go that high. And the Giants came out and said, hey, our intel said the Redskins liked him. Bruce Allen, who's of course the president of the Redskins, laughed at that. But here's essentially what's taken place. The Redskins owner and the Redskins president were the only people in the Redskins front office... That wanted Dwayne Haskins to be their quarterback. Everyone else seemed to know. Everyone else seemed to know. That um, Dwayne Haskins wasn't ready. Dwayne Haskins may never be ready. What's it. May never be ready. Doesn't have great feet. Apparently the reports out of DCR might not have good work ethic. And maybe it's because the, the now former coaching staff wasn't sold on him. And so he was as turned off by them as they were by his play previous to that. Maybe that's it. But ownership wanting a guy who is so far behind, so far behind. Bill Callahan got the job this week. And when he was asked about Dwayne Haskins, he said Dwayne Haskins is not, quote, not a candidate to be the starting quarterback. Now, it should be pointed out that they got Case Keenum and they got Colt McCoy, two guys that have started games previously. They know the offense better. Um, they've had more. But neither, neither was a first-round draft pick. Neither was expect, is expected to be the star. And the Redskins' season essentially lost. That's why they fired their coach. So with, with that in mind, if Dwayne Haskins is not a candidate to be the starting quarterback at this point in time, that does not bode well for his future. Factor in that the Redskins thought they fixed their quarterback problems when they when they traded for Alex Smith. Alex Smith is fighting to come back healthy. I, I don't think he'll ever play football again, but don't tell that to Alex Smith. He wants to play football tomorrow. And because he wants to play football tomorrow, he's not going to retire, so they don't get that salary cap relief. So you have money in Alex Smith. You got money in Case Keenum. You got a little bit of money in Colt McCoy. You got money and a first-round draft pick in Dwayne Haskins. And the guy who's the best of the quarterbacks will probably never play quarterback again. The guy who you want to play is the worst of the four. And the team that you clowned for taking a quarterback that you said you didn't like, your now previous coaching staff apparently did, seems to have a competent quarterback. And doesn't for the next four years, have a bunch of money tied up in that quarterback. The Giants won, not because they won. They won because they found their quarterback, they have their running back, and now they can rebuild everything else around it. Meanwhile, their arch rival in the same division has a running back in Darius Jice who can't stay healthy and they can't figure out the quarterback position, and they've thrown a ton of money and resources at it. That's a win for the Giants. The Cowboys have won similarly finding a diamond in the rough quarterback, but now they're going to have to overpay Dak Prescott. No matter what they pay Dak Prescott, they're going to overpay him. Dak Prescott is an average quarterback. Don't get me wrong. If they could get that out of of Daniel Jones, the, the Giants would be more than pleased. More than pleased. But they wouldn't at $30 million a year plus. He's just not that good. Right? And in the same division, you know, you have those three. And Carson Wentz is already being paid like an elite quarterback. And he is. He's an MVP candidate. He's the the best of the bunch. But you got to solve that quarterback issue. The Eagles have. The Cowboys have. The Giants looks like they have at the least amount of, amount of money after... After Dak signs his new deal, not right now. And the Redskins are a complete mess. That's a win for the Giants, especially when after the draft, they were getting clowned for drafting somebody that people not only said they thought couldn't play, but they said the Redskins wanted him. And the Redskins brass said, We wanted it. we wanted Haskins. How'd that work out for you? Huge win for the huge win for the Giants. Huge.
1: Huge.